This is Boston Scott, and you're listening to the Birds Banter Podcast. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. What is going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest episode of the Birds Banter Podcast, presented to you by PHL Sports Nation. This is your host, Matt Loopy. I can be found on Twitter at Matt underscore Loopy. And today, we have a very special show for you guys today. I'm bringing on NFL agent Joshua Grady, founder of GSA Sports Agency. Uh, really great guy, doing a lot of great things in the NFL community, but also giving back. Uh, recently attended his Agent Academy course where I learned about how to become an NFL agent, eight-week course. Josh gave us a lot of valuable information, got to build a good relationship with him. And today, I talked to him a lot about uh, what the NFL season is going to look like and a little bit about the Eagles as well. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Joshua Grady. I got a very special guest today, Joshua Grady. We're going to talk about you know the whole scope of the NFL for the 2020 season, obviously with COVID and everything going on. It's going to be very different. So Joshua Grady is an NFL agent founder of Grady Sports Agency. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. You know, Matt, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I'm excited to, you know, be here. You know, so I'm, I'm just ready ready to go, man. Whatever you got. I'm, all right. I'm all good, man. Let's get to it. Sounds good. Um, first off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself as an agent and GSA as a whole? Right. Yeah. So, my, again, my name is Joshua Grady. Uh, originally, uh, again, from, you know, Tampa, Florida, NFL agent now. I've actually been an agent now for four years. I started our company, Grady Sports Agency, in 2017. And I guess, long story short, man, you know, I love what I'm doing, working with our guys. We've signed nine guys as of right now. Uh, we've had a draft pick every year. Uh, you know, blessed, love what I'm doing. And so just trying to, you know, bring some value, you know, to our guys, to the world, uh, you know, that's why, you know, I come on here, you know, to be able to just talk about some real stuff and provide some value, you know, to those out there. So, but that's me, man. You know, you know yeah, I was glad to have sure. Matt. Matt was one of, one of my guys on the Asian Academy. You know, good dude. So I'm definitely excited to be here for sure. Good. Thank you. Yeah. As he mentioned, you know, we met on um, his first Agent Academy, held an eight-week course um, teaching people like myself how to get into the agent industry. Um, but you also have a podcast, Agent Talk. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing on that platform as well? Yeah. So Agent Talk, by the way, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, and Instagram at Agent Talk. So a little plug. But mm-hmm. basically, man, I, I really just got to the point, like, I guess a little backtrack. So I give you just a you know, I can obviously, you know, I can ramble a little bit, but let me just, you know, somewhat paint a picture. Okay. So originally from Tampa, Florida, you know, played ball my entire life. Uh, the reason I became an agent was a man named Eugene Parker. I won't get too into the story, but man named Eugene Parker, if you don't know who that is, you know, definitely look him up for sure. Uh, basically became an inspiration for me. Uh, got certified in 2016 and really just wanted to bring value to the world, man. Saw in the agent game, agent field, you know, it's, from the outside looking in, I think to a lot of people, it seems cool. You know, it's, oh, sports agent. You know, I played football growing up. You know what I mean? So it's, you, you somewhat know of what an agent is, but you really don't. At least that's what I realized. I really realized I didn't know anything about it. But I always have just felt this desire to, you know, be of service to others, to help others, especially when you look in this field. There's just so much influence that these athletes can have. I mean, when you get to it, whether it's financially, 
you know, socially, whatever it might be, there's just so much that athletes can really tap into. And I wanted to help them do that. And so, you know, going to the podcast, why I wanted to start, uh, you know, Agent Talk is, I again, just realized being an agent now for four years that there were so many misconceptions. Uh, I really didn't have any guidance, you know, when I came into the field. And so for me, it's, okay, if I was someone now that's 22, 23, what would I have wanted somebody that had kind of walked that path to have told me or shown me? as opposed to kind of going in like I did rather blind. Uh, but, you know, I've learned a lot and I just, I really believe that if we're able to help, you know, others, cause to me, it's like, man, like say you, for example, and then like, these are my thought process. Like, okay, say man, one day, you know, go ahead and start, uh, you know, his, one, his own agency, you know, one day, whatever that mm-hmm. looks like. And then there's a guy that's a, you know, he's a first round pick we're looking at from Temple and Matt's got the connections cause he went to Temple but maybe Matt wants to, uh, some marketing help with this guy mm-hmm. here. Boom. We do marketing. So it's yeah. now it's me and Matt who was in the class. Fast forward, he's doing his thing. Maybe now we can do business here, work together. And like, to me, it's like, man, plant them seeds, bro. Yeah. Because you just never know. Like, you really, I, again, I know I can ramble, bro. But long story short, man, just wanted to provide value, you know, out there. So that's really it, man. Yeah. Awesome. You're doing a great job. Definitely appreciate everything you've been doing. So um, keep up the good work, definitely. But um, get into the topic here. So a couple weeks ago, the NFL players had, you know, their option to opt out for the 2020 season just because of COVID everything. Um, You know, they finally have this opportunity. If they don't want to play, they can do so with no penalty. Um, First off, did any of your clients consider opting out? So none of my clients considered it. Uh, And thankfully, to be honest with you. (laughs) Um, but for them, you know, for all of our guys that are young, uh, right now we have four, we're really three rookies that are currently signed, you know, on teams, two veterans. And so for our guys in second and third year, so, you know, still younger, all of my clients are younger than me and I'm 27, you know, so none of them are married, one's engaged. Uh, but, you know, for for our guys, it's just like, man, it's prime opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. right now we have two guys that are unsigned, but you got, you know, somebody, 70 spots opened up with guys opting out. And we're even seeing, I think we'll see more. I know they kind of set a rule on that, but I think we'll potentially see more guys decide to be like, all right, I'm done or I'm out, whatever it might be. Uh, you know, so we'll see. We'll see what happens, but none of our guys so far. You know, I don't think they will either. I know they're all excited and ready to go, and I think that's something that we're starting to see is even with college landscape, you know, guys are ready to play. Like, I miss football. I really do. Yeah. I miss watching the game. You know, I, I, I'm hype, and our guys are too. So we're looking forward to it. Good. Yeah, definitely a chance to step up for them. Um, you mentioned that there's roughly 70 players that opted out almost. Um, I feel like every single team was impacted, some more than others. But were you surprised that there were so many opt-outs league-wide? Hmm. So I, I wasn't sure what would happen. I know when we looked at, you know, a little bit with the NBA, NBA has certain players opt out. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for instance, A.B. Bradley with the Lakers. And you see like, oh, like, okay, like people are actually, you know, staying home. I think I didn't. I don't think I expected as many as there were. Cause seventy, you know what I mean. Like that's a that's more than a, a whole roster. You know, an active roster. As, yeah. Active roster is fifty three. You know, so that's basically a roster with full practice squad essentially. Mm-hmm. And so, but I do understand it. You know, I understand for a lot of these guys. Uh, you know, why people are staying home, especially those with you know families or children, babies, pregnant, or, you know, maybe mom lives with them, whatever it might be. So I really understand it. 
Uh, and again, I do think that we'll see more, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, that's a great transition because um, Eagles wide receiver Marquise Goodwin was the only Eagles player that opted out, and he did it because of family reasons. Um, mm-hmm. His wife was having miscarriages and stuff, and they finally were able to have a child, and he didn't want to risk putting his child's health at risk uh, just to play football. So it's a big personal decision for these players, um, their families, their children, et cetera. Um, obviously, fans are kind of upset about you know players like Marquise Goodwin not being on the field. Um, I could see agents being upset as well because, you know, like we said, you're, you're not getting credit for the season. You're not getting your contract. It just rolled over to the next season. So losing out on money, losing out on playing time. Um, if you've had these conversations with, these, with your clients, I know they didn't really consider it, but um, can you talk about how big of a personal decision this is and why we should all be a little bit more understanding about it? Mm, that's a good, good, good question for sure. I'll, I'll start with the second, why we should be more understanding. And that's the crazy thing about it is like, you'll see someone will tweet, you know, that they're opting out and you go in the comments and it's fans like attacking them, you know, mm-hmm. in a manner. Now it's not all, it's, you know, it's, I'll say it's definitely less, less than half, so it's not the majority, but you still do see that people really, you know, one, still see these athletes in a high regard as, you know, entertainment, you know, just to be, to be quite honest with you. Right. Um, so that's one. I think people be like, this is, I, my wife chose to stop going to work because of COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, like she was pregnant. She decided to stop going to work. I understood. You know, I stopped going to the gym with my guys for a period of time. You stopped traveling. You talk about recruiting, like agent being an agent, recruiting. I haven't gone, you know, to travel on a flight except with my family since, I want to say January, end of January. Wow. You know, and usually I'll be, you know, especially in the summer, I'm here and there everywhere. Yeah. You know, so I think it's definitely affected in that regard. But the understanding, like, it's a no-brainer to me. It shouldn't even be a question. You know, if you opt out, I respect your decision 100%. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I would say to that. Uh, I would say in regards to just the personal decision, man, it's just like you really have to realize a lot of these guys are just people. And that's why one of the reasons why I became an agent is you see, like, as an agent, you have so much, uh, you know, exposure to this individual that's having – a lot of influence, got family dependent on them, and, you know, the pressure of being an NFL player to start, how that can affect your mentality, your mindset, your health, everything. And for me, it's just really showing you guys, like, hey, like, you can put yourself first before the sport, mm-hmm. or whatever that looks like. You know? So it is a big decision for these guys, and I respect those that have decided to sit out. It's not an easy decision. I think, you know, it's easy uh, to just be like, all right, I got to play because I don't know who else I am. To be honest with you, I think a lot more guys would sit out, but they have no idea what they would do if they weren't playing, right. to be real with you. Uh, so I guess that would be my take on that from yeah. my perspective. That's a great point. Um, moving on to just the season as a whole, what are your thoughts on it? Do you think that NFL can get through all 16 weeks and the postseason? Do I think, man. Uh, so I put it like this. I know we're going to play. Mm-hmm. But I don't know for how long. Yeah. Okay. So are we able? Now, I, we are seeing with other sports, like other sports are going. You know, mm-hmm. MLB has been going. You know, NBA has been going successfully. Uh, now, baseball's had their hiccups, but they're still playing. Like, they're still going. Right. They're not stopping. You know, soccer, um, both here as well as overseas. You know, so I think we are going to play for sure. I, I would say unless, to me, unless there is one – in society, some a massive public push against playing. Maybe there's another outbreak with the virus, whatever it might be. Maybe with like certain teams, the whole roster gets affected, something like that. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I could potentially see it being shortened. 
But they're going to finish. Now, does finish mean you play 16 games and four playoff? I don't know. Maybe finish means, all right, it's the beginning of November. You know, we played 10 games. Maybe we got two weeks left. We're going to shorten the season, and this is what we're doing. Yeah. But they're gonna, there's going to be a champion. I know that. I just don't know. I don't think – I don't believe we're going to have a full season. Okay. I think all we right. could see maybe 10 weeks, 12 weeks. Uh, you know, they're, so something like that. But I guess we'll find out soon, you know. Season's coming up. It's crazy. It's here in the last yeah. month. So. I know. Yeah, thankfully, thankfully. Um, yeah. you, you mentioned, you know, people, you know, ba- uh, some backlash could cause the season to end early. Are there any other problems that come to mind that the NFL could encounter that, um, you know, could, you know, potentially have them end early? Hmm. I would say the only other thing that would have them end early is if there was something maybe on a national again. So one, maybe something happening on a national or state level where legally wise they have to shut down or whatever that looks like, one. So that would be something with legislation, I suppose, would mm-hmm. be one. Second would be somebody, to be honest, again, to be fully transparent, either getting severely sick or dying from the virus. Okay. If it's not something other than that, I don't think it'll, the, the NFL will be altered. Yeah. So yeah, they're gonna they're gonna do everything in their power. A hundred percent. Yeah, they read like man, and even seeing though like some of the protocols that they really are taking, mm-hmm. I as a from what I'm, my guys have said, like they feel comfortable. You know, good. they're doing NFL's doing everything that they could. Like they want to put a good product. They understand how important it is for them, and to be honest, for the country, for them to to play, to be real. And so you know, they're gonna get out there for sure. Yeah, good to hear. Um, so as an agent, you obviously have to deal with a lot of numbers, contracts, salary cap, all that good stuff. The NFL is obviously going to lose some money this season with either limited fans or no fans at all in the stadiums. Um, the NFL has been hard at work this offseason trying to figure out um, how they can solve these issues. One of the biggest issues is when the salary cap goes down, how can we avoid teams taking a big hit next offseason or, you know, pushing it over a few seasons? Um, you know, if if it goes down, when it does go down, it puts teams like the Eagles possibly 50 million above the cap. You know, they're going to be in a very tough situation. So this offseason we've seen, you know, Patrick Mahomes, George Kittle, and others just receive these record-breaking contracts. Do you think we'll continue to see these types of markets be reset, especially with a lower cap? Good question. So, excuse me, one, with the lower cap, I think it's obviously going to be harder to, mm-hmm. you know, see these record-breaking contracts, okay? So that's why it's even some people tried to downplay Mahomes' contract because it wasn't, I guess, what some people think he could have matched out as. But when you look at what he's going to be getting, regardless, you know, he's got so much guaranteed money that it doesn't really matter what happens with the cap for him. Yeah. You know, so I think what we are going to see with the cap is being lower. Uh, I saw somebody talking about this on Twitter and they were saying we're going to see a lot more of what is considered a term, real term, is cap casualties. You know, mm-hmm. where guys who maybe are fourth year in, fifth year, sixth year, seven, whatever it might be, and you have two of them at the same position, who's going to make the team, and they're going to go with the rookie that's making, you know, however much less amount of money, whatever it could be, or a guy that's supposed to get X amount, whatever they can do to really try to shrink those margins wherever they can. Uh, I think that's what they're going to have to do, in my opinion, which, again, is good for the young guys, to be honest. But I do think we're going to see some some older, you know, even, you know, some of these veterans that might be well-known that aren't going to get the shot because of, you know, the finances that come with it. 
Yeah, I mean, this offseason is definitely going to be interesting because, like, when the cuts come, I know there's been several cuts so far because the roster's got to get down to 80. But, um, you know, looking at the offseason right now, you have a lot of rookies coming in, undrafted free agents who haven't gotten a full offseason. They're not getting the OTAs and everything that they've deserved to try to prove themselves that they can make the team. They don't have preseason. So, but the teams know that they're going to get into that situation that you just mentioned next year, the year after. You have a veteran that might be making $7 million a year and a rookie making under a million, but Mm -hmm. the rookie might be, you know, a little bit of a downgrade, but he's going to contribute a far less amount of money. So do you think that we're going to see this starting this off season? Um, You know, some veterans uh, being released from teams just because they want to be able to save money for the future. Yes, I do think, I think that starts this off season. I think that's going to start when we get down to the cut down this year, like you said, uh, I think we're, what we're also going to start seeing is guys perhaps there's going to be a little bit more less, excuse me, less leeway with guys with injuries as well, mm-hmm. especially veterans with injuries, uh, to be honest with you. Just because, and I was talking with my guys, man, you just got to realize there is so much talent. Like, there's a lot of guys that are not on a roster right now. They really can play, they can contribute in some sort of manner. And so with these teams, man, they're going to look at it like, unless you're the game breaker, to be honest, you're expendable. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're that's just the reality. Unless you are a guy that really is, you know, like you said, look at the name you said, you know, Pat Mahomes or George Kittle, you know, unless you're one of those, man, a lot to these teams, man, you really are expendable, bro. And yeah. so that's just that's just the reality of it. But again, just that's just the nature of the game. Yeah, I mean, next season is going to be crazy because a new draft class is going to come in, but there's also going to be a huge pool of these players that, you know, might have been on a roster for a few weeks and then get released because they just haven't had the time to prove themselves. So a lot of free agents out there that honestly, it might be enough to host like two drafts to try to you know get everybody back into the system. So I feel like next year, um, there's going to be a lot of difficult cuts to make, um, especially taking veterans, but also um, players from 2019 that were either drafted or undrafted, but just never made a team. Um, and then 2020, or, I mean, 2020 draft class, and then, you know, 2021 draft class coming in as well. So, um, yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of talent out there for sure. Yeah, and I think, too, when you look at it as well, this year there are so many guys that didn't go to the combine or have a pro day that don't have number, they have numbers that are still on our team because of that nature. And one thing, uh, just a quick, I guess, Nugget that I think I think the XFL is gonna be huge in regards to this okay. because you do really have this 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 pool of talent where if you have some that's one thing the NFL I think needs that's one thing I think football needs is some sort of you know lower league that you can still put out product that guys can play that's an opportunity you know so because after college like there's still a lot of guys that can play but they got nowhere to go you know CFL yeah. just canceled their season you know mm-hmm. uh, I think yesterday or the day before so I think to me that's it's a no-brainer, something I've been thinking about as well. Yeah, and that's kind of like what the practice squad is supposed to serve as, but mm-hmm. it seems like nobody gets called up if they're you know, practicing well. Just if an injury happens, then they get their right. shot. So it's kind of unfair for them. They're sitting around all season, not making a lot of money, and then they're just waiting for someone to get hurt. Um, they don't really have an opportunity to step on a field and actually prove themselves. Yeah, and that's why I think even if it's a, a league with less, less pain, but you plan. Like, to me, that's a no-brainer. And you're getting filmed. That's the main thing is you got to get filmed. You got to be putting yourself out there or whatever that looks like. So I think we'll definitely see that, especially with The Rock, man. Like, I'm a hype for that. I know. I don't know that was something you was playing on talking about, but I really am excited for that. Yeah. 
see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Uh, moving on to something that is going to impact you pretty directly, um, college football. It's in yes. question. Some conferences are canceling. Some are trying to postpone, but everything's up in the air right now. How are you going to adjust your you know, scouting and recruiting practices this season? Good question. So it's really changed a lot. Again, normally, even going back, I'll be traveling really from March until, you know, when camp starts in the beginning of August, flying around, meeting some guys, whatever that looks like. I haven't phys- I've met with physically, I want to say, one player for the next, the upcoming draft class, mm-hmm. and that was here in Nashville. And so it's been a lot more just phone calls, Zoom. Uh, I'll say Zoom, you know, we're on, we're on Zoom right now, you yeah. know what I mean? And Zoom has really helped, uh, I'll say, as well as just social media. So, uh, that's something I've seen, that's something we talked about, you know, in the class. I cannot understate the importance that social media has brought for me in regards to recruiting. I can go two, three weeks, four weeks without calling a guy, but he sees me on Instagram every day, right? That's my story, a post, whatever it can be. Small interactions. It's crazy, like comments here and there. You know, they posted a picture of a guy I'm looking at, you know, giving a little comment, showing some love. Little, you know, sees like that really matter. They really yeah. do. And for me, being younger, when I look at the quote-unquote competition, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, and that's an area that I can really excel in comparatively. You know, just, you know, I, I've grown, I guess not grown up with it, but that's something that I've really studied and learned. You know, social media is important to the right. world that we're in. So I would say that is how, how it's changed. Uh, I definitely, even in regards to the season and the uncertainty that you're discussing, you know, with the schedules and whatnot, who's going to play, who's really not, we don't really know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, it's let me take my foot off the gas a little bit from, again, from flying around, from, you know, meeting with some of these players, from even some of the stress, to be honest with you. Yeah. Really just kind of let things unfold. And then maybe once we get to October, November, again, you know, still doing phone calls here and there for the, with the guys that we have developed some rapport with. But just really seeing, you know, what happens with this college football season and the guys that, you know, maybe we meet in some sort of manner, whether it's through, again, an Instagram, a connection, whatever it can be. And, you know, we'll see what happens in regards to that. But for now, man, we're just kind of taking it slow, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's just, again, so much uncertainty, bro. Like, the Mac, it was crazy. I was supposed to have a conversation with a player from Buffalo literally the day that the Max uh, canceled their conference, yeah, okay. their season. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I had text him, like, hey, man, we can talk another – like, this was an introductory call, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, man, we can talk another time. He's like, yeah, can we please? There's just so much going on right now. Mm-hmm. You know? And so – it's just it has changed a lot, you know. It's but like being an agent man, you really just got to be on your 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 p's and q's, bro. Like you yeah. just got to be ready for just the curveballs, the adversity, because it's a part of it. Yeah, have to adapt. Um, Josh, going back to your agent academy, at one point you um, showed us a list of players that you've been watching um, over the years. So obviously, you're not waiting to the last minute to scout these players right before the draft, try to recruit them. You've been watching them for um, a couple seasons now. How if you know, if you're looking at a player and they can't play their junior, senior year, now their um, football season's canceled, how does that impact how you look at them? Um, are you more willing to, you know, try to recruit a player that is able to play this season? Or are you still confident in someone who might have not had a full shot um, in their last season of college football? I would say there are three tiers of guys in regards to those that are juniors and seniors. So guys that could be draft eligible, or in that could be draft eligible for the 2021 draft. You have the guys that are in a lot of these guys in this group will opt out. Some of them mm-hmm. that have 
are the guys that just kind of are your elite prospects. So, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I think, uh, like a Michael Parsons, mm -hmm. opt-out, um, defensive end for Miami. You have that group, okay, where it doesn't matter if they play or not, they're probably going to get drafted high. Okay, so that's group one. Group two is those that really need to play to that can benefit their stock. Those that, you know, this, this upcoming year could be a big year for them, whatever it might be. These are probably the categories that most of my guys will fall into where it's like they really need to play, okay? Mm -hmm. And then the third group is those that it really doesn't matter. They're not just yet ready, okay? Yeah. So what I would say is, you know, for our guys, most of them being in that second tier, man, I, I want all of them to play. To be real with you, you know, right now we're not looking at any guy that I would say is on a first round radar. So all of our guys are going to want to play to help increase their stock. And, you know, to answer your another question that you asked is I'm definitely going to lean towards those guys that have played in this fall. You know, I know they're talking about a spring season. I don't know what that will look like. But for me, you know, if we can, whether it's one, two, three, four guys, that, you know, play this fall, play well, especially when you look at some of these conferences, when you really look at the schedule, you know, someone playing in the SEC, like, you balling this year, you nice. Because yeah. it's all SEC games. Mm -hmm. You know, when you – if you look at the ACC schedule, you know, and that's really where we've been. I'm hope, honestly hoping that the big – we got a few guys we're looking at in the Big Ten. I'm hoping they do reverse it and let mm -hmm. them play because that will be great for our guys, you know, to yep. be honest with you. And so I think that's going to be the case is definitely leaning more towards guys that play. But then it's on another situation, you know, maybe there's a few guys that like if you're a senior and maybe right now you're a sixth, seventh round pick and you're at a big 10 and you don't play, do you play in the spring and then go to the draft? Do you try to come back the next year? Like that's another 12 months or more of, yeah. you know, waiting when you really thought this was your time. And so it's, do you leave, you know, even though you know that maybe a plan would have helped your stop? There's so much that can go into it. And so it's just, it really is just uncharted waters. Like I would have never thought this would, I even talk, tell my wife, is like, why, why is this got to happen when GSA is finally, you know, getting that picking off. up steam to yeah. really get like, like man, but yeah. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah, that's right. Um, I had one question for you, something that yeah. when I saw it, I was kind of confused. Um, so I wanted to get your take on it. So you mentioned Micah Parsons. Obviously, he opted out before the Big Ten, you know, decided to cancel their season. Days after his decision, or it might have been the day after, um, he either signed with an agency or just said that he was intending to sign. So he doesn't graduate until the winter. How does that work? How is, doesn't that give him an unfair advantage over players that, um, we're planning on playing this year because he can, you know, all of a sudden get into professionally training. Correct. So, uh, yeah, so I, he did sign. I want to say some athletes first. Mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah, like you said, you know, two, two or three days after. And basically when you sign, what it does is more than anything else is now it just says you're no longer amateur. You know, you're okay. no longer amateur. You cannot put your, your college football eligibility is done, which is like it's all, you know, it's, it's completely legal. You know, it's fair. Guys have done it before. I want to say one of the Bolster brothers, I think the oldest one who uh, I believe, I'm not sure which other name, but he did the same thing. When you look at like a DK Metcalf, mm -hmm. um, when he got hurt, I want to say he you know, hurt his neck or Ole Miss. And, you know, when you really do, you are like, look, I'm out. I, I can understand it, to be honest. Uh, now, especially this year, it's definitely early, you know, it's in, the, in August, but it does give him an advantage. Now you're straight training, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're not taking hits on your body. You're, you're not taking hits to the head. You're not risking injury. I mean, you, in theory, 
you know, come the combine next year, which is what I would be thinking if I was him is, oh yeah, he's gonna tear it up. Oh yeah, you know, that's what the, what DK Metcalf did is he, you know, I want to say he played one game. I think his last year he got hurt, and he, you know, he went to the combine. He had really six six to eight months of just straight training, getting your body right, treated like a pro. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And he went out there and dominated. So I can definitely see this becoming something that. Honestly, is a trend that maybe continues where you have some of these guys that ball out year one, year two. It's like, look, I'm not playing this year. I'm just training, and I want to, you know, make sure that my body and my mind is intact for going to the league. Yeah, so I mean. I think that's going to be something that's going to happen for sure. Yeah, I mean, through some of the exercises that we've done with you, we looked at, you know, training costs for these players. Once you recruit mm-hmm. them, how much it costs to get them ready for the combine. It's no joke. I mean, they're – they're going to be in there grinding there. It's professional training. It's a clear upgrade from, um, you know, just lifting at Penn state. So um, Parsons is definitely, you know, in good hands trying to look forward to uh, the NFL draft next year. So, yeah, I mean, it's a smart move by him for sure. Yeah. And I will say even to, you know, to that point, he signed again, he signed with athletes first. I want to say that the end with Miami signed with Drew Rosenhaus, you know, agents and agencies that have a Mm -hmm. lot of money, a lot of capital. When you talk about training fees, you know, if you're signed with an agent in August, I don't know what that relationship looks like, but I would, you know, kind of guess, okay, maybe they say, all right, at the beginning of September, we're going to have you at such and such place and you're going to train for not only from January, you know, to April, which is what the normal funding is mm-hmm. for, you know, combine training. But if you're going from September to April, you know, that's really, that's a lot of bread, man. That's a yeah. lot of money. And what I do think, what that is like, you know, thinking down the line, what does that lead to? Those individuals, even more so that have money, have capital, are going to land some of these top guys if this does become a trend. Because, like, I can't – that's one thing. That's why I say, you know, I can't, I'm kind of taking the foot off the gas because anybody that's opting out right now, like, I can't find your training. Oh, yeah. Today, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, so, I'm again, just taking it slow, but I do think that is going to be a trend that we will start to see. All right. Um, so before we get out of here, I have two questions for you. Um, you know, wanted to get a little bit of Eagles in on here. So uh, since this is the Eagles podcast, I have to ask, are there any players either recently drafted or signed by the Eagles that you've either scouted or recruited, you know, had your eyes on for a little bit? Mm. So let me think. So the Eagles this year, so Jalen Rager mm-hmm. drafted. Okay. So I reached out to him. I think on Instagram never got a response. He never followed me. So nothing tangible really there. Uh, I'm trying to think like a, a JJ or Sega White side with someone, you know, really none of these are guys that I got on the phone with, but, you know, reached out to in some sort of capacity, you know, no response, which is fine. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to, I'm sure there's more. I would say who else, who else did they draft this year? Uh, Jalen um, Hurts, um, Davion Taylor, Kayvon Wallace. Davion Taylor reached out, no response. Kayvon Wallace, what school did he, he went to? Clemson. Okay, no, they reached out to me. Um, John Hightower, Boise State. Sean Bradley, Hightower. Temple. Yeah. 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 Oh, Sean Bradley, linebacker. Yep. Yeah. Too. You know, really? Yeah. And it's some sort of, I mean, to be to paint a picture, you know, we reach out to probably throughout the year. And again, this is really not on the phone necessarily. Yeah. Well, it's just even following somebody on social, you know, mm-hmm. and shooting them a message. I would say that, you know, throughout a year, 200, 250 guys. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, most of these guys, definitely. And that's the one thing about it is when you do see guys that you reached out to and they start balling. Yeah. Like, or they get drafted high or whatever it might be. And that's, that's just, that's the case every year. Mm-hmm. And so it's a part of the game. So I'm sure if it ain't now, it'll be sometime soon where Philly, you know, 
drafts a guy that maybe we was in the room with and when they didn't sign with us and he gonna be balling. But then again, maybe one day they'll, you know, have one of our guys out there eating too. Yeah, so for sure. Never had a guy on Philly yet. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully soon. Um, my last question for you, from your point of view, um, what are you expecting out of the Eagles this year, um, led by Carson Wentz, Miles Sanders, and others? Where do you see them st- stacking up in the NFC? Okay, so one, I, I really like the Eagles. I've liked the Eagles for a while. The Eagles actually drafted uh, one of my dear friends, a line brother for me in my fraternity, like good overall dude, Jordan Matthews, who yep. like, you know, my, I'll probably see him later this week. He actually lives in Nashville, so I'll probably see him later this week. So since then, I've kind of had like a, you know, an eye for the Eagles for sure. I think with Philadelphia, they've always had talent. Now, the DBs, you know, I watch who I know football now. The mm-hmm. DBs have had issues in the past. I think, like, that's a big part of this, just the game that we're in. Like, teams throw the ball. That's a bigger issue than I think. But now that they – I know they got Darius Slay. You know, they've yeah. added pieces back there. You know, if Carson Wentz stays healthy, you know, you've got talent, you've got pieces. They've always – they've had injury issues in the past. That's just a right. you know, reality. I mean, you know, the NFC East, you got the Giants. You know, you got – the, the Washington football team, I guess. <laughs> you got the Cowboys. I mean, it's open. Well, Dallas mm-hmm. always supposedly going to the Super Bowl, and then they go 8-8, 9-7. Eight, eight, right, yeah, every year. Yeah, but I think they – it's just like – that's one thing about it is it's going to be such an interesting year, I think, because of everything going on. It's not really going to be just a team that on paper has the most talent that's going to win this year. It's going to be a game of, you know, who's staying, who whose players are not going to hotels trying to sneak women into the, into yeah. the room. Honestly, like to be to be hundred percent true, who who is doing that? Who is being smart? Who is going to be healthy? Like just yesterday, across the league, it was really the first day of pads. I've seen more injuries going down through my Twitter feed in one oh, yeah. day than any time in the past. You know, ACLs, clavicles. You know, Nick Chubb gets a concussion. This mm-hmm. player, Jeremy Cortez, is ACL. Yeah. You know, first day of practice, and that's to be expected when you look at what's not happened over the last six months. No mini camp. No, really, you know, only a short two-week acclimation period. I think that's something that's going to continue. Unfortunately, it's just that's just how it is. But yeah, I think I think the Eagles got a shot. Every team does at this point. You know. Yeah, so. I know. Yeah, puts everybody um, you know, balanced a little bit. But one thing that people have talked about all offseason, it gives the Eagles an advantage. Is um, you know, each team in the NFC East has got a new head coach this offseason, except for the Eagles, and then. You got some quarterback issues, or not issues, but younger quarterbacks with the Giants and the Redskins. So hopefully that'll give them a little bit of an edge there um, over the other teams just because they have a little bit more stability. In theory, just from the outside looking in, I would think it would come down to and just I haven't really done too much in-depth research, I guess, on it. But I'll say it would just be the Eagles and the Cowboys where my mind would be, yeah. to be honest. Yes. You know, Giants, I think, might need a little, maybe another year. And then, like you said, the Washington football team, I think just – they're young. They got some young features, though. But this year, mentally, I would just off the bat think it's going to be either the Eagles or the Cowboys. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Well, definitely appreciate you coming on. Um, make sure you guys go follow Josh. It's Agent Grady on social. Sure. Um, post great stuff. So, um, again, thank you. Really appreciate it and had a great talk with you. Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me on, man. If you need anything in the future, bro, just holler at me. You know, y'all follow up at Agent Grady underscore at GSA Football. You know, check our guys out for sure. I appreciate you, bro. Again, that was Joshua Grady with GSA Sports. Great conversation with him. Very insightful about the NFL season that's coming up. Um, also about what he's doing 
as an agent, got to talk about the Eagles as well. Um, obviously, he's very tied in with the NFL community. It was cool to see his take on a few players and uh, their upcoming season as a whole. But before we get out of here, I wanted to remind you guys that support for the Birds Banter Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist trimming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over the technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And when you're trimming, shaving, you never want to have any accidents, nicks. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, and one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded the 7000 RPM motor with QuietStroke technology, and let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud, because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PHL. You can't miss this, guys. All right, thank you all for listening. Again, as I say every single week, make sure you're following us on social media, Birds Banter PHL on Instagram, Birds Banter on Twitter, always posting podcast links, always posting updates with our beloved Eagles, so make sure you're dialed in there. Um, Again, whatever platform you're listening to us on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, always, always, always appreciate a rating and review. So if you're enjoying the show, go let me know. The more that you guys give back and let me know that I'm doing well, the more that I can provide to you guys. So definitely appreciate 10, 15 seconds out of your day to help me out. And um, I'll continue to do the same. I'll see you guys next Wednesday and go birds.